0: Hey everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we wanna thank you for listening with us. Today we hear a special message where Pastor Ed interviews world-renowned wrestler, Ric Flair. Then we get to hear more from Ed as he equips us each with tools to fight in the ring of life. You can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message.
1: Standing 6'1", weighing 243 pounds, 16-time world wrestling heavyweight champion, two-time Hall of Famer. Let's stand to our feet at all locations and welcome the one
0: and the only, The Nature Boy Ray.
1: And give us a woo. Woo! Woo! The Nature Boy is here! Styling and profiling. Custom made, brother. Custom made from head to toe, Rolex wearing, limousine driving, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. I'm so fired up. Please be seated. Now, guys. I had coffee with Bono, hashtag humbled. I've met Johnny Cash. I've sat down and had a long conversation with Muhammad Ali. I would rather talk to this guy than all those guys put together. I'm talking about the nature boy. Thank you. I grew up watching him. And this guy is amazing. Rick, I'm going to ask you, you've just gone through a major health situation. Tell us about that.
0: Well, um, I was with a friend of mine from Dallas, Chris Randolph, who owns a restaurant here out by uh, AT&T. And um, he had come to Charlotte, uh, to Atlanta, where I live now, for business and after business as usual like 11 o'clock in the morning we started drinking on Thursday and then he went to Buckhead I'm not allowed to I'm married now so I don't go to Buckhead anymore that's right um, that's good <laughs> well I didn't go to Buckhead before I got married for a long time but <laughs> Buckhead didn't didn't do good with me yes or I didn't do good with Buckhead and that's in so. Atlanta by the way well that would know. be yeah. the equivalent of Green Street here okay? that's right so, in the old days yes or West End yes so um, I I Five o'clock, we're still drinking. He gets on a plane. He come back to Dallas. And I went home from the bar for about an hour. And all of a sudden, I got this terrible pain. And the next thing I knew, uh, it was a, a month had gone by. And I woke up. I was in a coma for 12 days. And ICU for 31 days. And my lovely wife, who's with us today, um, she's back there. I'd recognize her in the crowd. But she, or I would ask her to stand up, but... Um, we, we can bring her out. Have have Wendy come yeah, out. I'd, we'll, I'd love have for her. Have wave, please. yes. But anyway, go ahead. So Rick, so you were... So anyway, I, I was in a, I, a coma for 12 days, in ICU for 31 days, and she never left my room one time. She had what's called legitimately ICU... There is this better half! Wendy! God bless you. <laughs> she looks like an angel. She is. Yes. I'm telling you, Rick's anybody, a preacher. Anybody could put up with
1: me. Rick's a preacher and doesn't yeah. even know it. But anyway, Rick, okay, so you and I—that that is brutal. So everyone thought, I mean, I, I'm, I'm follow, I follow you on social media. I was like, mm-hmm. oh no, man, no, the I, nature I boy, to, I was.
0: A 20% chance to live. So, um, and after that, then I had to go to, um, had to learn how to walk again. I got, I went over to rehab, not alcohol rehab but a, a physical therapy yes. rehab center. And I was there for a month, learning how to walk. I couldn't twist the bottle top off a Gatorade bottle or open a Diet Coke can. Wow. And then I had what's called an elastoma, which is um, where they attach a, a bag, which is the yes. exterior. It's attached to your intestines or uh-huh. your bowels. And um, I had that for a year and just had the surgery to repair it July 9th. And here I am. It's fixed, and I'm everything's great. And I got excellent. Ma- I, I got married last week. I know that newlywed. Yeah. Congratulations. And uh, I survived it, so I feel like, um, and I, I don't have a problem with saying this. I feel like I'm closer to where I am right now, Yes. and I feel very comfortable here. That's awesome, so, Rick. We're mm-hmm.
1: so I cannot again. Thank you so much for being no, thank here. You. And and man, it's such a such a pleasure to talk to you because you've done so much, and you are—he is indeed an icon. People say that. Oh yeah, he's an icon. She's an icon. No, thank you. He is. All you got to say is the Nature Boy. I mean, drop the mic.
0: Isn't it true you've been to Japan like it's 65 times?
1: Sixty-five times.
0: Tokyo. I mean, I've been. I've landed at Narita in Tokyo, but wow, gone all over Japan. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is a story I haven't told a lot of people. When a day off would come that I could, this is when I was the Traveling World Champion NWA, yes. um, somebody would always say, well, we can, well we, can we have Florida of that day? Through the guy that was booking me, Jim yes. Barnett. <clears throat> and ironically, back then there were nine people that had a vote, the board of directors, as to who was gonna be the champion. Yes. And obvious, and I, what people don't understand is, every time I had a day off, one of the guys, obviously that had a vote, would want me to come work. So I didn't go home, and because uh, I wanted to be the champion. Does that make sense? And that, yes, that's where it got out of out of control. I just to be the champion and be in that position. Um, even though the first year I made like eighty thousand less than I made. Not being, not being right there in the Mid-Atlantic area yes. for Crockett. Um, and I just learned it was a whole new experience, and it took me to a plateau in the eyes of my peers that mm-hmm. you know, very few people got.
1: Some of my favorite interviews to watch you with, of course, mm-hmm. you're, you're an unbelievable communicator, mm-hmm. one, one of the best. And the thing about Rick Flair is when he speaks, you feel him. I mean, other people when they speak, even you know, preachers. Yeah, I mean, I hear them. No, no, no. But, I, but 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 you have that ability, God-given ability, I believe, to communicate and to read the crowd. Something about you that a lot of people don't know: you are a very unselfish wrestler. In other words, you watch his film. He would do such a great job of helping the opponent. You would help your opponent. And, and I, I thought that was, that was uh, that's just so
0: admirable. Well, it's, you know, I try to tell people today because I still, I still like to go to the show as my daughter is active, obviously. And I really still have a, I, which is something I don't think I'll ever give up. I like being around the young kids and yes. all that. And it's fun. Um, but it doesn't matter. And I have to get this, people to this doesn't matter who wins or loses. And I'll tell you a funny story because it's here today and I, I put a lot of thought into this. Um, and this is not what I'm talking about now, but winning or losing, it doesn't matter. It's the people just remember what you did in the body of the match. Yep. And what you did that made you look different. There's a reason why they're watching you, right? That's right. And, 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 and I, to this day, because the business was so different back then, when I wrestled him in Baltimore, he came back after a year off from this terrible knee injury, wow. which I was in, involved in, but not not, not by any means uh, was it done with any malicious intent. Um, but I I wish that he had beat me with this hold instead of a small pack. I look back at it now and think you know, we were all, nobody wanted to submit, right? Nobody wanted to give up, you know what I mean? God forbid, right? Yep. But um, I look back on it now, and it it doesn't matter because people, they remember (laughs) what you did that made you different. And he and I did so many things. I mean, like, Steve was superplexing me off the top. Well, people weren't doing that back then and because he was so safe. And what people don't realize is it's as hard on him to fall backwards, I could never superplex somebody off the top rope. I could take it all day long. Yeah, I couldn't do it because the guy giving it is I, absorbing as much shock and falling backwards. I can't imagine that. Which is Rick. harder to do than falling over? Yeah, but when you're sweating and you're you got oil on you, and yeah. the ring, it, it's there's always a level of risk. But with him, it was just it was just safe. And I think back to our match where. In Charleston, and I, I love talking when Jerry Martell was managing me. I find myself laughing. <laughs> She's jumping off the top rope and splashing Steve, and I, I'm on the floor watching what's going on, and I'm laughing. Uh-huh. And it, it because we just had fun. I mean, yes. it was. <laughs> it's hard to explain. Anyway, <laughs> that's why I'm married five times. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well but I finally found one that understands me and yes. you know and can compute with me and Awesome. She has a degree in a master's degree in child psychology, that's why she <laughs> <laughs> hey, she can relate to me. Oh man.
1: <laughs> well Rick, listen, it is a pleasure and honor sir to have you here that's all
0: you want well
1: listen i want to i want to invite you back though i want you to come back i've already would you rather hear in, more stories or
0: you know no
1: no no, no I'm but, just kidding no, i'm kidding i'm kidding no but we want to have you back and i've already mentioned it to sting backstage and and we have uh, we'd love to one time that. i want to sit down with you guys in a, in a public setting too and privately and we're gonna have like a
0: hour-long conversation we can do that I would enjoy love it. it. Thank you, guys.
1: Hey, there's only one. There's only one
0: that jet flying, Rolex wearing, kiss stealing. Yeah. You know, people ask me all the time, who's going to be the next Ric Flair, and I say, f- f- for a number of reasons, God doesn't want her to be in the.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, stand and you. show our appreciation to the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Woo! I know in a crowd this size, I think you would all say, you know, Ed, I really like to win. I like to win. I don't want to lose. I want to win. And a lot of us are going, yeah, I want to win in the business world. You might be playing sports. You might be a student. You're like, I want to win in the athletic world. I want to win. I want to win in the financial world. I'm a winner. I want to win. And we do a lot of things to win, to get ahead. And I think that's good and fine. But I want to ask you to think about an issue, a question. What if there was a battle that you desperately needed to lose? There's a guy in the Bible named Jacob. We've been looking at him He's an Old Testament figure. You go back to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, it talks about him. Jacob, his name means liar. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, hey, I'm going to name my son liar. Unbelievable. Because back in biblical times, names carried definitions with them. He was a liar. He defrauded his father of this massive... Merrill Lynch Trust Fund and the blessings that should have been bestowed upon his brother. Then he deceived his brother. Then he dissed his family and blew the whole thing up. Bolted 400 miles out of town to get away from his fragmented family because his brother said, When dad dies, I'm going to kill you. Jacob, the wrestler, wrestled with his family, wrestled with his father-in-law, wrestled to get two wives and two baby mamas and 11 kids. Now some of you are here and you're thinking, okay, you read the Bible, Ed. I, I know you're going to read it. I see it. The Bible is pristine and maybe a little boring. I know when you read the Bible, God's word, the Holy Bible, that I'm going to be uplifted and something positive and affirming will roll off of your lips as you read the sacred scriptures. Well, sometimes, sometimes that happens, but many times it doesn't. The Bible is R-rated. The Bible is messy. This story is messy, it's dirty. This is the Bible. I'm like, how can God use Jacob? He's a liar, a manipulator. How could God use him? How could God use me? How can God use you? Because we all have Jacob in us. So the Bible picks up in Genesis chapter 32. Let me jump down to verse 23. So after he had sent them across the stream, now this is at night, them, all of his you know, people, his wealth, etc. He sent over all his possessions. Look at verse 24. So Jacob was left alone by himself. Do you like to be by yourself? I mean, sometimes I'm like, I gotta have people around me, and if they're not around me, I got my phone, and and when, you know that's one of the problems of social media. I mean, I love social media, but we're so wired in and synced up, we're 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 never alone. I've got to be in contact, and I've got to be wired into the person and the people and know what's going on because if we're alone. Then we begin to think about things. Then our conscience shows up. Then our past shows up. Then those things we've said and done will show up. So I just want to stay busy. You know, I just want to keep 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 busy. Well well, well Jacob was alone, the Bible says. So Jacob was left what? Alone. alone. And a man. A man wrestled with him till daybreak. But I want you to notice something. Jacob didn't wrestle the man, the man wrestled Jacob. The man came off the top rope. It was the man. Very, very interesting. So, isolation. The man wrestled with him until daybreak. Look at this next verse. Look at verse 25. When, say it again, the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. There's so much in that. Jacob just minding his own business. Jacob diversifying. Jacob getting ready to meet Esau. Jacob giving him gifts. Jacob testing him back and forth. Jacob getting everything prepared. Jacob throwing up a quick prayer to God. Jacob giving these gifts to Esau before he shows up. Now, someone comes off the top rope. <laughs> the man? Out of nowhere in wrestles Jacob. Well, obviously this guy was a powerful dude because he just touched him. Did you check that out? Just touched him on his hip socket, dislocated his hip. The man said to him, let me go. This is strange. This guy who just messed his hip up, who just taken his hip out of joint says, hey man, let me go for it is daybreak. I'm, I'm guessing he didn't want Jacob to see his identity. He didn't want Jacob to really know who he was. Hmm. But Jacob replied, You got to love his tenacity, don't you? I will not let you go until you, there's the red, bless me. Man, that's powerful. Jacob, just holding on. I'm not going to let you go, my man, until you bless me. Jacob is broken. Now he's asking, for a blessing. We can't use stuff that's broken. God specializes in it. God specializes in taking things that are broken and blessing them. I like how Jacob held on. He held on to the man and I think he's starting to kind of figure it out. This ain't no man. This is the man. Because what we're going to find out is this man is a pre incarnate appearance of Jesus. He is wrestling with Jesus. And he's going to kind of figure it out. And, and here's, here's what this man asked him. This is another question that's just it's really hilarious. Look at verses 22. And uh, through 31, the man asked him, what's your name? Jacob. Now, why would he ask Jacob, hey, what's your name? Why would he do that? Well, when Jacob identified who he was, He was confessing his sins, his cover-ups, his shams, his moral turnovers to God. Well then, the Bible says his name was changed. What? Yeah, his name was changed. The Bible says... Then the man said, 27, your name will no longer be Jacob. All right. Jacob's like, I'm cool with it. But Israel, Israel, that name, Israel warrior El God. God is a warrior, or you could read it, Jacob was a warrior for God. Also, it can mean one who, let's say, it, struggled with God because you have what? Struggled with God. wrestle with God. Wow. Are you struggling with God right now? Are you wrestling? With God? Are you in an epic match with Him? Because in God's economy, when we lose, that's when we win. If we win, that's when we lose. So I'm here to announce to everyone here and in all of our locations we're talking about a WWE event right now. You're wrestling with eternity. (laughs) Ric Flair, the nature boy, always says, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. And in his line of work, that's true. But in God's economy... It goes like this. To be the man, you have to get beaten by the man. Then you'll become God's man. Because when you put your shoulder to the mat and God says, one, two, three, when you submit to him, he'll pick you up and lift your arm in victory. Because they thought, on the cross, the devil did, that Jesus was down for the count. But no, 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 no. He stayed in the grave. Say it with me. One, two, three. Then he rose again. And now he offers us (laughs) eternal life. He offers us victory. He offers us, he offers us everything. So, who are you wrestling with? Your coach? Someone who said something bad about you on social media? You're wrestling with this deal. You're wrestling with morality. You're wrestling. It's not just the hand of men. It's the hand of God. Surrender your life to him. Put your shoulders on the canvas. Allow him to one, two, three, your life. And you will raise your hand in eternal victory. Eternal victory. Is that great news? Man, that's good news.